All right, folks, we're glad you're here tonight on this nice, toasty, balmy, sunny night. Thank you for coming. Everybody, let's stand together all over the building. We'll open up. Let's talk about Jesus. Everybody sing with us nice and loud. Here we go. One, two, three. Let's talk about. Come on, sing out now. Let me hear you. The King of Kings is he. The Lord of Lords supreme. Throughout eternity, the great I am. The great I am. The way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Awesome job. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you tonight. And we're glad to be in your house. We're grateful for the opportunity that you provided for us this evening. Pray your blessings upon our services tonight. Bless the Awana folks, the youngsters, the adults that will be teaching. And Lord, our Bible study here in the sanctuary. Give us a good time in your house. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Let me have two young ladies. One. And give me one more. Come here. Come, come here. Come here, camera. Uh, come on. Come on. Come on. Quick, quick, quick. Come up here, girls. Come on, come, 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 come. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. There you go. Take your time, darling. Don't get in a hurry, okay? Yes, sugar bug. There you go. Easy killer. All right, here we go. Let's do the American flag. Everybody, BBS style. Hand over your heart. Ready? Pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good job. Hold that Christian flag up. Up, 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 up. There you go. Good job. Ready? Pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One Savior. Good job. Thank you, girls. Grab your Bibles, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Grab your Bibles. All right. Hand over your heart on the Bibles. Ready? Pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path and hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Good job. Uh, everybody can be seated. I'm going to let the cubbies head on out. I started a little bit late tonight, and this is your first night back since Awana break. Uh, so here we go. Cubbies, you can head out this evening. Spark says, here we go. TNT, come on tonight. Amen. It's good to see everyone out tonight. Let's all stand together, grab your hymn book, turn to hymn number 324 in your blue song book tonight. Draw me nearer. We'll sing the first, second, and last verse, hymn number 324 in your blue song book.
voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding sign. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding sign. There are depths of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights of joy that I may not reach till I rest in peace with thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Thank you, Brother Ken. Let's remain standing for prayer. We'll do some prayer requests tonight. I got several to give you. Then we'll take yours and we'll open up in a word of prayer. I want you to pray for Jesse and Josh. Uh, she's at the hospital. Uh, they're getting uh, everything ready. They expect to induce her in the morning. So uh, pray for Jesse and Josh. We'll keep you posted on the. Pray for uh, uh, safe delivery. We'll sure keep you posted on that. Uh, Doug Clark family. Of course, Doug sits here in the back. Uh, his sister-in-law passed away today after a very short battle with cancer. Pray for that family, if you would. Continue to lift up Brother Curtis Ratliff. He's been moved to a regular room there in, uh, in Roanoke. Pray for him. Crystal Castle's sister had to have major surgery. Continue to lift her up. And then Sharon Gilbert. Uh, most of you know Sharon. Uh, her son, who lives in Florida, had a seizure, which is not unusual, but unfortunately he was driving. And when he did, he had a t horrendous accident uh, uh, and collapsed lung in the hospital in serious condition. Uh, Sharon is down there in Florida with him, so remember him if you would. Your requests on my right tonight you want to share. Jordan? All right. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate that. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Absolutely. Thank you, sister. Sure appreciate that. Yes, sir. Charlie. All right, Charlie. Thank you, buddy. Somebody else on my right tonight have a request. Yes, sir. Absolutely, Cam. You bet. Thank you, buddy. In the middle this evening, share a request tonight. Yes, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. And before I call on, isn't it good to see Jim and Georgie back? What a blessing. Amen. Months from uh, recovering of that broken leg. Miss Georgie, I saw your hand. Go ahead, sweetheart. 
Amen. We're glad you're back, honey. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Amen, Chester Wayne. Bless your heart, buddy. Appreciate that. Anybody else in the middle? Yes, ma'am. Miss Helbert? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ann? You bet. Absolutely. I appreciate you mentioning that, Miss Leanne. Yes, ma'am. Dr. Gowan? She's a young girl as well. Uh, uh, Jennifer, that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, pastor's daughter worked with me. Cancer has spread. She's allowed us to share that. So remember her in prayer, if you would. Thank you, Doc. Somebody else in the middle tonight? Yes, sir. Brother Hall? Amen, buddy. Amen. Still got a way to go. It ain't healed yet, but uh, we're going to keep on praying. Thank you, Jim. On my left tonight, want to share a request this evening. Anyone? Yes, ma'am. Lisa? All right. You betcha. Anybody else on my left? Yes, sir. You bet. You bet. Daryl? All right, buddy. You betcha. Anybody else tonight? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sister, <laughs> Sister Nichols, yes, ma'am. Amen, sister. Amen. Be here all night, wouldn't we? Amen. Let's open up in prayer. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to be in your house. And, Lord, as we said a moment ago, we don't take for granted... Lord, even on a chilly night, the doors are open, but folks are here, ready to hear from heaven. Lord, there's a lot of requests that have been mentioned tonight. And Lord, I thank you for uh, an opportunity to bear one another's burdens as you've commanded us in your word. Lord, I pray for these in our congregation who are not with us tonight because of sickness. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. Lord, I pause just a moment tonight and ask for a safe delivery uh, for Josh and Jesse's baby. I pray there'd be no complications, no problems. And, Lord, that you would just uh, bring Dexter into the world safely. And, Lord, I pray for those that have lost loved ones. We think of uh, 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 the ones that were mentioned tonight. And, and, Lord, Brother Clark and others that were mentioned. Lord, I pray that you just bless them. And, Lord, lift them up for these who are facing procedures. Lord, touch them in a mighty way as only the Spirit of God can do. And, Lord, bless our service times tonight in Christ's name. Amen. Brother Ken, fellowship song tonight. Amen. Change it up a little bit. Turn to hymn number 173, page 173. Love lifted me. We'll sing the first verse and chorus. Have a time of fellowship. Hymn number 173. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me. 
love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Hey man, shake some hands. All right, gentlemen, make your way down, congregation. The ushers, come on tonight, if you would, please. Ushers, congregation, I want you to turn your Bibles, please, to uh, the book of Ruth, chapter number three tonight. The book of Ruth, chapter number three. Uh, My son's gone to get the uh, plates, I believe. Would you? Oh, right there they are. All right. Uh, Let's pray together tonight. Congregation, book of Ruth, Father, bless the offering. May it be what you'd have it to be in Christ's name. Amen.
fellas. Thank you, ladies. Ruth, chapter 3 tonight. While you're turning there, I will remind you that this Sunday is our last Sunday for collecting for the family that lost everything in the fire. Uh, here in our community, we're collecting for them through this Sunday. So please bring that in Sunday morning, Sunday night. Either one can put all of that in the outer office beside of Brother Ken's office, if you would. All right, Ruth chapter 3 tonight. We're going to uh, read a couple of verses uh, uh, at the end of chapter 2 to refresh our memory again, then again, and then read the first three verses in the book of Ruth chapter 3. Let me take just a moment. And uh, bring us up to speed. It's been a couple of weeks since uh, we were in Ruth, and that was on a Sunday morning before the holidays. I'll remind you that when last we saw Ruth, when last we talked about her, she had just returned from a day's trip of gleaning in the field uh, of a man by the name of Boaz. Of course, when she comes back, she has uh, not a day's worth of bread or a day's worth of grain, I should say, but rather enough grain that would last for an entire week. And Naomi asks her where she's been. She expounds upon where she is. And Naomi says that God has blessed them, that Boaz is a near kinsman. So things take a dramatic turn for the good in uh, Ruth and Naomi's life. And when we pick up at the end of chapter number 2, we read that Ruth spends the entire season going every single day to the field of Boaz as he has invited her to do. So let's read the last couple of verses of Ruth chapter number 2. Notice what it says, uh, beginning in verse 21, just to refresh our memory. Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, a reminder. That is his invitation to stay there, his invitation that he will supply her need, he will take care of her as long as she remains faithful to his field, if you will. Notice, if you would, please, the last verse there, verse 23. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean under the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. In that verse, uh, we are clearly told uh, that she stayed with the field of Boaz, that day in and day out she would go, she would glean the wheat, she'd glean the barley, and she stayed in the field of Boaz. Now there is a time gap between chapter 2 end and the beginning of chapter 3. And the wheat and barley harvest season is over. And now Ruth and Naomi are facing another obstacle. You see... Day after day, Ruth would go and she'd glean in the field. And assuming she had an average day like she had the first day, she would come back with more than enough to satisfy for just one day, but for several days at a time. And interestingly, we only see her in the field one day. We only know what happens for one day. We can make the assumption that she has good days every time she goes out. But in chapter number 3, uh, this chapter opens, we're halfway through the book, and everything now is about to change. Because the wheat season and the barley season is over. So I want to remind you that Ruth, as a widow, as a Moabitess, and frankly, as a female in this society, is reduced to a life of beggary. Now, she has had the wonderful fortune, and I don't like to use that word because we know that God is behind it all, 
She's had the wonderful opportunity to glean in the field of Boaz, but now that's over. And she faces months and months now of not having the opportunity to go out and glean. So what's she going to do? Even if she had been able to set aside some every day, it will certainly not be enough to last her through the rest of the season. Now she's got to face the opportunity of how she's going to provide for herself, how she's going to provide for her mother-in-law during the long months when there is no field to glean in. What is she going to do? And interestingly, Naomi uses a very important word in verse number one. It's the word rest. If you write in your Bibles, I'd encourage you to circle or underline that word. Because uh, during the days and weeks that Ruth has been gone out every single day begging and gleaning and bringing in the sheaves, literally, if you will, bringing in the wheat and the barley, Naomi has been thinking and planning of how they're going to make it after the harvest season is over. And I don't need to tell you that even if she could continue in this capacity, this is back-breaking work. This is not easy work that Ruth has to do every single day to provide for herself and her mother-in-law. So now what is she going to do? Let's read these three verses tonight and then we'll break them apart. Notice chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? Verse 2. And now is is not Boaz our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. And notice verse 3. Wash thyself, therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. I'm entitling the message tonight, Resting and Getting Ready. Resting and Getting Ready. Again, I remind you that the gap between chapter 2 and chapter 3 is important because now the season of God bringing in the, 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 the harvest, if you will, is over and these ladies have got to figure something out in order to continue living, in order to provide for themselves. Three things that I want you to note with. Number one, there's a proposal. There's a proposal. You see, when Ruth begins to speak, she very clearly says that, that Ruth, uh, ne- when Naomi begins to speak, she very clearly says that she's got to find that word rest for Ruth. Look at it again in verse number one one more time. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter-in-law, shall I not seek rest for thee? Now, that word rest has got a lot of meanings. It's ripe with meanings in this particular passage. On the one hand, Ruth has just spent days and days and days and weeks and weeks uh, literally doing back-breaking work. So on the one hand, uh, there is this reality that now that the uh, uh, harvest season is over, uh, Ruth can literally rest from these labors. But you also understand that if she rests for too long, they run out of food. 
that she's got something even greater she's got to deal with. So I submit to you that this idea of rest is not just a physical rest, but it's this idea of mental and psychological rest, knowing that the future is taken care of, knowing that the need has been supplied, understanding that a better day lies ahead. And Naomi says, if I can paraphrase it this way, Ruth I got to fix something here. I got to come up with something so that your best days lie ahead. I got to come up with something so that you understand that you've got a better life than the one I can provide for you. I think all of you understand this reality. Left to themselves, these two ladies are not going to have a very productive life. Left to themselves, they're almost hopeless. Left to themselves, uh, what Naomi can give Ruth is absolutely meaningless. Can I pause here a second and say this? Everything that Naomi cannot give, Boaz can give. Everything that Naomi lacks, Boaz has. So somehow, someway, she's got to figure out how she can connect Ruth and Boaz, and he, she even goes as far as says, seeing that he's an ear kinsman. So she comes up with this proposal, this idea, if you will. She carries it even further uh, by talking about the necessity of this rest. What do I mean? Again, reading in verse number one. My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it shall be well with thee? And she explains what time of year it is. This is important to understand this passage. Now is not Boaz of our kindred with those whose maidens thou wast. He winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Now, I don't want to get too technical with you about what's happening here, but you understand that the season, if you will, is broken up into different time periods. There's the time period when you bring it all in. And that takes days and days and days, uh, sometimes a few weeks. Uh, but then there's the time period where it's all been brought in and now it's got to be processed so that it can be sold or so that it can be turned into other product. The bringing in time period is over and now it's time to process it or as it's described here, winnowing. Uh, and now that is an altogether different thing. So Ruth and Naomi are almost, if you will, quote unquote, out of luck. Their time is up. There's no more begging to be done. There's no more fields to glean in. They got to figure out something. Notice, if you will, we go from a proposal to a promise. She uses that phrase that it might be well with thee in verse number one. It's the idea that you might have the best. I hope everybody in the building will amen me on this. Uh, before you ha got saved, you had nothing. But after you get saved, you get everything. Amen. Absent the Lord, you've got nothing. After the Lord, he gives you everything you could need and possibly think about and then some. Proposal becomes a promise which turns into the place. Because he even says in verse number two, is not Boaz of our kindred? Again, just refreshing our memory. Boaz is somebody that can redeem Ruth. And you understand that when he redeems Ruth, he can redeem Naomi as well as the mother-in-law. And in this capacity, he's got to be a near kinsman. We know he is. He's got to be wealthy. We know he is. He's got to be willing. All evidence suggests that he is. And it almost seems like a match made in heaven. But now we've got to get the two of them together. We've got to figure out a way that Ruth, who has, listen carefully, 
who has been a widow and been a worker can transition into becoming a woman. You understand that Ruth, when she presents herself as a widow, looks entirely different than when she presents herself as a worker, who's going to look entirely different now that she needs to present herself as a woman to Boaz. So let me kind of just rip this down to where it's simply for us to understand. Naomi says to Ruth, and I'm going to paraphrase, you've just come through weeks of back-breaking labor, Ruth. You stay with me, and this is our life. It'll never get any better. we got to figure out the next several months, uh, and it will never get any better than what it is right now. But if we can figure out a way for me to connect you with Boaz, everything can change. Let me give you a very important application that I think is crystal clear in the book of Ruth. Uh, the types are there and the imagery is very clear. Before we get saved, you understand that we're part of this world. The, 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 the Bible is clear about that. And you realize that you can turn over a new leaf, you can try new things, uh, but absent the Lord, things will never get better for us spiritually. The only way for us to turn things around, if you will, is when the Lord Jesus Christ pulls us to himself, redeems us, and we become part of the bride. So now, Naomi has got this whole thing figured out. Because why? Tonight is the night that not only will there be winnowing, but Boaz is going to be there. We could get, get, could get deep into the social norms of the day. Let me explain it to you like this. You understand that there weren't too many days that Boaz would be out in the field. He hired people to do that. But there came one day when he came out into a field, and who does he happen to see? Ruth. Well, now the field work is over. It's time to process the barley and the wheat. Tonight uh, is the night uh, that after all the processing is done, there's going to be a great big meal. There's going to be a great big celebration. Boaz is going to be there tonight because that's over with. Uh, and Naomi says, Ruth, you got to get there. you got to be where Boaz is. So notice, if you would, we go from, number one, the proposal. Number two. The promise. Number three, the place. Do we get into finally number four? And we'll spend most of our time here in verse number three, the preparations. This is fascinating to me. Because, uh, let me remind you, Boaz is a type. He's a symbol. He's an image for the Lord Jesus Christ. Ruth is a type or a symbol for a believer. And so now we're about to have this very different meeting between Boaz and Ruth. I want you to stay with me, folks, because this is critically important to understanding our relationship to our heavenly Boaz. Naomi's about to tell her, before you can meet Boaz, there's some things you got to do. Before you can go down and introduce yourself to Boaz in this capacity, there are some things that you've got to do. I want to pause a second. Listen carefully. Before we can have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, listen to what I'm about to say. Don't throw your Bibles at me. There are some things that we got to do. But here's the understanding. We can't do any of them. Let me say that again. In order for us to have a relationship 
with the Lord Jesus Christ, the kind of relationship that Boaz and uh, that Naomi's talking about with regards to Ruth and Boaz, there's some things that we got to do. Here's the problem. We can't do any of them. What do we do? How do we fix it? We don't. God fixed it all. God fixes every bit of it, and that's what we're going to look at in verse number three. Here are the preparations. Here are the preparations that Ruth has to do in order to make herself fit or presentable to meet Boaz. Look at verse number three. Number one, Naomi says you have to wash yourself. Well, I don't think I need to tell anybody this. If you're about to go out on a date for the first time, taking a shower is a good idea. Say amen right there. If nothing else, take a shower before you go out on your first date. And so Naomi looks at Ruth. Why? Because she's just spent the last few weeks cleaning in the field. She, I don't want to be unkind. Maybe she even gleaned some this morning or that day or the day before. And Naomi says to you, you can't go to him looking like you do. You can't go to him smelling like you do. You need to wash yourself. Can I pause just a second? Because I want you to get this, and you need to understand it very clearly, speaking about our relationship to our Boaz. The first step for every believer to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is we have to be clean as well. You understand, God doesn't take soil. God doesn't take dirt. God doesn't take junk. You might be sitting there like me and think to yourself, wait a minute, preacher. I'm still a sinner. I'm still unclean. And you know what? You are. Here's the good news. When God looks at you, he doesn't see the sins of your past. He sees the perfection of his son, Jesus Christ. It's a doctrine that we call imputation. So important. Here's how we think about it. In order for you to have a relationship with Jesus, you got to be clean. In and of yourselves, you can't get clean. It's impossible. So when we get saved, this is shouting ground as far as I'm concerned. When we get saved, God gives to us his son's righteousness. So that we can enter into a relationship with his son, God gives us his son's righteousness. Imputation. Wash yourself. What does he, she say next? After, after the first thing of washing herself, in verse number 3, it says, anoint thee. Anoint thee. Now, what are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about, from a lady's perspective, after she takes a bath, puts on her lotion and gets herself cleaned up, one of the first things that she's probably going to do is dab on a little bit of what? Perfume, perfume, perfume. Make herself as enticing as possible to Boaz. Think with me, folks. This is important. you got to get this. Boaz has seen Ruth in two ways now. First time was as a widow. The second time was as a worker. Now Ruth needs him to see her as a woman. Not a widow, not a worker but a woman. And so Naomi says to Ruth, after you're through taking a bath, anoint yourself. Put on a little bit of perfume, if you would. Would you hold your place right there for just a second? Because I want you to see this. 
It's very important. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, if you would. Flip over just a few pages. 1 Samuel chapter number 16. In one sense of the word, if Ruth's going to catch herself a husband, she got to smell good. Amen. She can't be stinking. Amen. But in a very real sense, anointing in the New Testament and even in the Old Testament means something altogether different. Altogether different. Look at 1 Samuel, if you would, please. Chapter 16, verse number 13. 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verse number 13. Lots of you know this passage. You know what's happening. This is where David is about to be told he's going to be the king. And look, if you would, look at verse 12. Go back to verse 12. He went, brought him in. That's David's father. Now he was ready with all of a beautiful countenance, goodly to look at. The Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. Let me pause a moment for just a second, and I think you understand what's happening here. What in the Old Testament, you know this church, in the Old Testament, what would usually be used to anoint somebody? They'd use what? Oil. Oil. Typically, olive oil. Separated. What that word anoint means is to literally set it aside. Make it special. Make it different. And I submit to you that when, 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 when Samuel anointed David, he was from that forth for the next 14 years set aside uh, and told, you're going to be the king. You're different. Uh, you're not like everybody else. You're not better. You're different. You're to be used for one specific purpose. Let me give you the real application, folks. When we get saved, in order to enter into a relationship with our heavenly Boaz, we got to be anointed as well. But our anointing doesn't come from oil. It comes from the Holy Spirit of God. We call that doctrine sanctification. Sanctification literally means making us different. May I say this to you folks? We are different. Believers are supposed to be different. That's the reason uh, uh, why you see, and you don't have to turn, you can look at it later, why you see in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 uh, that we're told to be separate, to be different. Why? We are sanctified. We are only for God's purpose. So number one, wash yourself. Number two, it says in Ruth, you can go back there, chapter 3, verse 3. Notice what it says. Wash thyself therefore, anoint thee. Look at the next thing. Put thy raiment upon thee. So we go from Ruth's cleansing, Ruth's consecration, to Ruth's clothing. Now, Naomi's not telling Ruth, don't forget to put on clothes. She's not telling Ruth, don't forget to put on clothes. Rather, what she's saying is, think about this, Ruth. He's seen you look like a widow. He's seen you look like a worker. Now he needs you to look like a woman. When you're going out on your first date, men or women, 
after you've taken a shower, made yourself look presentable, you probably don't go pull out the nastiest thing out of the back of your closet, wadded up grease stains on it to go out on a date. Maybe Charlie. Charlie raises his hands and I do. Amen. But rather, you put on something that will make you look attractive. We all do it. Listen carefully. Please turn with me. This is so important. Please turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. It's the last place you'll flip. But it's so important. Colossians chapter 3. You see, when we start talking about clothing, God gives us some very real things as well. But it doesn't have to do with the physical duds that we're wearing tonight. Look at chapter 3, if you would, verse number 1. Notice what it says. Colossians 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, which Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Notice what it says. Mortify, therefore, your members that are upon the earth. These are the things which we need to take off, folks. The things we have no business wearing. Fornication uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, uh, in the which ye also walked some time which ye lived in them, but now ye also put off all these. These are some more things which we need to take off. Uh, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, uh, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. The Christian has a dress code as well, but it's not about the duds that we wear. It's about what we present to this lost and dying world. Amen. Go back to Ruth. We're nearly done. We go from... Ruth's cleansing, Ruth's consecration, Ruth's clothing. Notice, if you would, please, back in Ruth chapter number 3, verse number 3. Wash thyself, therefore, anoint thee, put thy raiment upon thee. Get thee down to the floor. I love this part. Get thee down to the floor. In other words, Naomi says, Ruth, unless you get up and go to where he is, Things are never going to get any better. Unless you get up, wash yourself, make yourself presentable, and get to where Boaz is, your life will never be better. Think with me. How many times are we like Naomi, where we look at a sinner, and we tell that sinner, clean yourself up. Make yourself look better. Get yourself to church. Get yourself to where God is. Look at me, folks. We can't get to where God is. And because we could not get to where he was, he came to us. He came to us. When I read verse number 3, I stand back in amazement because I realize that we cannot do any of these things until God does them for us. Through the blood of his son. The last thing in verse number three. We're done. 
we're done. Look at the last clause there. Make thyself, but make not thyself known unto the man until he have done eating and drinking. Make not thyself known to the man until he's done eating and drinking. I, I don't know how else to say it except to say this. You need to get it. Ruth is about to pop the question. You're going to see next week that this is in reality what's happening. She's about to say to Boaz, if you'll have me, I want you. If you want to marry me, I want to, and I know that flies in the face of everything we believe today because today the man asks the woman, not the other way around. But Ruth is about to make herself presentable to the bridegroom. We're going to see next week what his answer is. But in reality, what Ruth has to do, as told by Naomi, is don't make this a public spectacle. Listen now. This is between you and Boaz. When he's done eating, when he's done drinking, when the celebration is over and nobody else can see a thing, that's, Ruth, when you make your move. That's when you let him know that if he'll have you, you want to be his wife. Ultimately, folks, look at me. I promise I'm done. We corporately come together on Sundays to worship and on Wednesdays to learn. We do that as a corporate body. We worship together. We pray together. We sing together, we cry together, we laugh together. Listen, but none of that matters if there's not a one-on-one -on -one relationship between us and Jesus Christ. All the corporate stuff doesn't matter. All the, all the stuff that we do together, all 300 of us on Sunday mornings, none of it matters if individually. We don't know Jesus Christ. I know you know that. But it reminds us all that what we do as an individual with him matters far more than what we do corporately as a group. Now, I want to encourage you between now and next Wednesday night to read what happens. Because when Ruth makes herself presentable to Boaz, some unusual things happen. Fireworks flare sure sparks go off but as always is the case with a good love story there's a little wrench, monkey wrench that gets thrown in little problem that has to be navigated and interestingly it's the same problem we face as well how do we overcome it we'll look next week let's stand together heads biting and eyes closed tonight thank you so much for your attention this evening if you want to make your way to the altar, you can sure do that. We're going to pray together as we close this evening. Heavenly Father, it's with humble hearts we thank you for a few moments to open up this precious Word of God and study the book of Ruth. Lord, what a pleasure it is to be reminded of our great kinsman redeemer. What a joy it is to be reminded of all that he did for us so that we might come to him. What a joy it is to be reminded of the price he paid that he might redeem us bring us into the field of grace 
Lord, I pray your blessings upon us as we continue to study this book. Open it up for us, illuminate it for us, show it to us in a way that makes sense, but also brings us closer to our heavenly Boaz. Lord, you redeemed us, you bought us, you purchased us, and you called us unto yourself, and we're so grateful for that. Lord, I pray your blessings upon our church as we continue to labor in this community. Again, we ask that you'd bless those that couldn't be with us tonight in Christ's name. Amen. Fellowship with each other. Shake hands. Thank you for being here tonight. You're dismissed this evening.